Welcome back to Ralph Pinson's podcast, where ancient wisdom meets modern man. Today's episode was sponsored in the merit of the coming of Mashiach. May it be speedily in our days. Today's episode is the 31st in our Q&A series. What is the definition of Jewish music? And in particular, what's the definition of a niggin? So to understand a little bit what is what is particular to Jewish music, what is the idea of a nigun? And a nigun is nun gimel nun, so it's a palindrome that goes backwards and forwards. Nun gimel nun nun gimel nun. So it actually is progressive nun to gimel to nun, but then it goes backwards. So it's cyclical linear. We'll have to understand what that is, but that's that's certainly what a nigun is. It has a certain crescendo. You go into a certain location, but then you go back to the beginning and you're constantly growing. So in general, for many years, since after the Chorban, since after the destruction of the, of the second base of Migdash, so the Gemara says already that the Batlashir, that, uh, that the song has ended, the music has died. And that's particular for all types of music that was being played outside, outside the synagogue, outside the shul, and not by weddings, etc. Like in the Gunachal, like the idea of playing music for the music for the, for the sake of playing music was Batla. There was always throughout history there were certain Paitanim, there were certain uh, types of songs done by Chazanim, by, by cantors that were certain like tonalities and chants and types of rhythmic sounds, but they were not like full songs. They didn't, wasn't, uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't songs. And this was going, this was on for many, many years. Until music had like a, a renaissance, and certainly Piyutim had a very strong renaissance when the light of the future started becoming revealed, when the nits of Mashiach, the sparks of Mashiach, started becoming revealed. Because a person is not supposed to fill their, their, their mouth with laughter in this world. Like the Mordechai writes, but if you're connected to Elam Haba, if you're connected to the future, then it's even possible in the present. And there were certain times and periods, and certainly beginning with the teachings of the Kabbalists and the Kabbalists that lived in Svas in the 1500s, with the Arizal and with their Hamak, and with all the great students of the Arim, there was a, a new renaissance of, of Piyutim, like types of poems, religious poems that were created, so much so that it became part of liturgy, became part of davening. And um, like famously, Shlomo Alkabatz writes L'chadoidi, and then there was also another infamous character called Yisrael Najara that also wrote a lot of Piyutim, a lot of uh, different types of songs. These are songs with words. Dari uh, Held from this, the Yisrael Najara very strongly. Said his people have a very high source. His Mah- most famous is Karibonol. Kar- yeah. And the, the Rebbe Vital doesn't doesn't like him. He was he was a, 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 the Mozart. He was a little strange. Um, I once talked about this that uh, he was also very lazy. So he would hear these uh, these Spanish poems, and instead of Signora, he would change into Shem Naira. So it was like a very easy switching. He'd almost use the same the same same structures 
of other of other uh, other poems. He just changed the words a little bit. So he would even use like the phonetic. Yeah, the phonetic sounds. Yeah, correct. So like Shemler became instead of Sinara. But anyways, that was, that was a particular time, and it was definitely a renaissance. And there's, there's, we'll talk about this in a sec, but there was a certain renaissance with the, with the opening of Kabbalah, with the opening of spiritual wisdom, higher spiritualism. There was opening up of, of this musical talent, this, of this musical thing. This, this happened in a much stronger sense with the revealing of the Baal Shem Tov, when the coming when the Baal Shem Tov became revealed. That's when all of a sudden you have a tremendous amount of nigunim being produced, a tremendous amount of, of songs, wordless songs, songs with with words on, on different sukkim, different verses. But there was a there was nigunim became a very popular phenomenon, and what's what's kind of fascinating is that's when really when Western music also started happening right after the, right after the Baal Shem. I said this many times, the Baal Shem and old Nick Tzadikim, they not only reveal a certain truth, a, certain, a new aura that comes down to this world, a type of light that comes down to this world, that's revealed in the world of, of Torah, but it affects the entire world. And you see that, that all Western music, classical Western music, all begins at that time, time period, very shortly thereafter, where all the great uh, musicians in the Western canon start producing these musics. So generally, there is a deep connection between Spiritual wisdom, Kabbalah, Soid, the inner secrets of the Torah, and and music. That the Tikkun Zohar is a good example of this. Where Tikkun Zohar is a classic a book that was written uh, that was revealed parts of the Zohar, a very deep book on, on Kabbalah. Speaking about the first passing of Bereshis, and uh, Tikkun Zohar also talks about the vowels. And and uh, and, uh, and a lot about music. A lot of the sources of music uh, of, of Nigun Kafel and Nigun Meshulish, All these types of this conversation about a Dublin song or a song that's a simple song or uh, essence song. This is all connected to Kunasaya. There was a story that once students of the Balatanya, the Alter Rebbe, came to him and told him they're having difficulty understanding Tanya. And the Alter Rebbe told them that. Um, they're missing one element. But they're learning Tanya, which is beautiful, and they're trying to understand it intellectually, which is great. But they're missing one element. They're missing song, listening to Gino. And if they had the Gino, they were able to understand it. It's a famous saying by Bill Parcher. It's brought down the six of the Rayats. That someone has a chush in the Gino, and someone also has a chush in... Someone has a chush, someone has a good sense of song. Someone that's musical, and someone also has a good sense of chassidus, to understand chassidus. It's even brought down this idea, same similar idea, is brought down the Gra. The Mendel Shkla brings down the name of his teacher, his Rebbe, the Gra, that the Gra writes that, uh, that if someone that doesn't have a good understanding of music, which is one of the Chachmas of music, one of the seven wisdoms is, is music, cannot also understand side. So there's definitely a, a deeper connection because we'll talk in a moment that music allows a person to. To have to to have an ex, an expansive experience to transcend. This, of course, you find this very classically with this in the, in the prophets, the story of the Nevi'im, that that when the when the the, the, the singer, the player of music sang, played his music. That's where, that's when the Ruach Hashem. That's when the wisdom. That's when prophecy happened. And when the when the teaching of the of the Magid about this is when the music was coming through. 
the person. That it's like, a, like when the person became an instrument, that he's no longer conscious of himself singing. He just the, the music was like flowing through him. It allowed for the prophet, the Navi, to have experience of prophecy. And the Avodah Sakodesh, Rabbi Ben-Gaman actually writes that there are two opinions about this, whether music was only to induce the prophet to a prophetic state, or it's even possible that music was played throughout the entire prophecy. Sort of it was like the background of the prophetic state. So music was, was, was that place that allowed a person to have that expansiveness, that openness, that, that allowed a person to, to transcend what this is the, the left brain, if you wish, very lo- logical. So, in music itself, you see already that uh, that um, there's a mimer kotzer. There's a short mimer for the Alter Rebbe in the Mamar Kotzer and Galus. He says the Alter Rebbe writes there that there is Nikuni Yishmaelim, which is like Middle Eastern music from from the children of Ishmael, and there's Naguna Edom and Yavan. There's like the children, the Western music, Middle Eastern music, and Western music. And he says that Western music, Yavan music, Edom music, power music, music of power, has a lot of gvura and joy, gvura and simcha. And he says Ishmael has a lot of chesed and gvura, chesed, more chesed, more more. And, and mirrors, more like uh, introspection or more more inwardness. That's one way of thinking about it. There's also a mimer, incidentally, the Alter Rebbe also talks about the difference between people in the we- people in the south of the world versus the north of the world. So the north is Givura, and the south is Chesed. You know, if you're positioned to, to Mizrach, to, to the east, so the north is to the left, which is Givura. So people, in terms of their skin tone, says that that lighter-skinned people are are in the north. So because it's 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 the opposite. The, the gevura shows up at chesed, and people that are coming from the south, which is more chesed, have darker skins. Which is also again related to music. This there much of the valley does has a lot of conversation about this. In terms of different types of music styles and different types of dress and different types of color pigmentations of colors, also has to do with where, where, where they ex- where people exist in different parts of the hemisphere of the world. But if you want to just make a more general um, understanding of this, because you can fine tune this deeper and deeper, but let's just say in a very general way, there are two types. There are two styles. There's what we'll call Western music which the peak of Western music will be like classical music, and then everything is the derivative of that style. It will be Western music, and there's there would be Eastern music. So not Middle Eastern music, but Eastern music in general in the East. So the difference in Eastern music and Western music is very interesting. That Eastern music, which is, let's say, Asia, or, or even Africa, we'll call that part of that, is very much rhythm-based, and it's very um, cyclical, the music. Which means, especially in like other other not Western music, you're you're using the same tone and you're repeating it over and over again. It's called, like also drones, we have holding out notes. Yeah, holding out notes exactly, and repetition. So like rounds. Round exactly. That's exactly what I'm gonna say. It's it. There's a circular notion to the to the to the music. The reason why there's a circular notion to the music is because 
it's a reflection of the mindset of the Eastern person. In general, in, in Asia, as a collective, we're not going to get into specifics because that's a long, long conversation, but in general, there's a certain sense that life is cyclical, that, that there's, uh, that even cre- creation is cyclical. There's like the great years and there's like cycles of time. Um, there's, no, there's no strong sense of linear progression in time. Time is really is, is more cyclical. Therefore, there's no creation and then redemption. There's no past moving into the future. There's no progress. There's no movement. There's no hope. There's no future. That's, that is a very, we'll say so soon, it's a very tired idea. But that idea is very much ancient, and it's also, it's also pagan. That's, that's a very pagan idea in general. Um, the cyclical nature of creation is a, very, is a pagan idea. Why is it pagan? Because it's, it's an observation of the world, basically. You're looking at the world. And you're seeing seasons changing. You're looking ta- at the nature. You're seeing the, the, the changes of, of nature, the cyclical patterns of nature, the summer, spring, fall, winter, etc. Everything's moving in, in patterns. So you say life follows the cyclical structure, the life in general, the cosmic creation follows the same pattern of, of Teva, of the nature of creation. And therefore the music that's produced, which is an expression of self, it's like the like the the subconscious expression of, of, the, of the collective is produced in such a way that it's also cyclical. Now, in the Torah, there is this idea that there is, uh, there's, there's, it's, there's music to nature. There's a, there's a musical song to nature. The Medrash brings this down. It really says also the Gemara and Yuma is Chafalaf is Marumas, the Rama Marnavuchim, and a lot of speak about this idea that there's a shira, there's a song of the celestial spheres, that since everything is, is moving, everything is, is circling, really. Masava Sibas is where the Ramam talks about cre- uh, the, the world, the celestial spheres. Orbit. It's orbiting. So it's it's turning, it's moving. And the turning of the of those of, of the creation of the of the orbits of everything that's being turned creates movement and moving creates sound. And, and, and sound is a type of music. There's a, certain, there's a certain type of music that is cyclical. Within the nature of the creation, there's a cyclical type of music. In the Reish's Chach, Meshar Avam, by Lo Vidas, which one is a student of Ramak in the 1500s, the, the Reish's Chach writes that there was a person that went from Tzvas to the east. This is not a phenomenon that happened now in this generation. It's already a, happened already 500 years ago. This character went to the east, and when he came back, Rishachim said he was deaf. And he said because that in a deep metaphysical state, he heard the sounds of the orbit, of the, of the planets, of the cycling of, of the world, and he went deaf. So this is this Rishachim said. So it, this is a very subtle sound. And uh, the Gemara talks about, the Gemara and Yuma speaks about the sound of Amonia uh, Shalroimi that clouds out all the sounds. The, the, the sounds of commerce, the sounds of the, you know, the world functioning just crowns out the sound, but there is a sound. This is also what the Gemara, the Chazal talk about the Sichas Tkalim, that there's the there's the the, the speech of the, of the trees. Uh, famously, the Gemara talks about in Sukkah, it mentions all the Milas. There's a there's idea of Sichas Tkalim that this idea of the of the Shira, the Perak of Shira, the world that every single world is singing 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 a song. This is the cyclical nature of music, okay? But then there's also in the West, and the West, in the Western world, 
which is very much affected, of course, by and is predicated on the Yisoydus of Torah, that that in the consciousness of of people for you know a few thousand years already, the ideas of linear time, progressive time, hope, future, Mashiach, future these 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 big words that represents that there's a creation, there's a, there's a storyline to creation. There's a creation, and then there is a revelation of what has to be done in this creation, and then there's a redemption. You know, like I talked before, like you know, the triangle. It's like movement. There's, there's progression. This 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 created um, goal goal oriented music. Goal oriented music means that you start off a certain place and you're going on a journey. There's movement in the journey, and you're you're sensing that it's moving higher and deeper and deeper, and then it reaches a crescendo, and then dun da da dun, and you reach the you reach the peak point. That's the way the nature of the Western Western music is, and Western West this type of Western music, which is very progressive, uh, that, that's progress oriented, goal goal oriented, not cyclical but linear in its nature, is very is very helpful to develop even the left part of the brain. Like there's, there's serious studies that show that if a person is listening to this type of music and takes a test versus another person, well, obviously in the background music, they may score better on like mathematical uh, uh, mathematical tests because mathematics and music are very much interrelated because it is a mathematical equation. It's, it's building one to the next to the next. So it, it helps develop the, the left part of the brain or children that listen to listen in, even in vitro, listen to music. Sometimes they say their IQ is more developed, whether or not it's... The point is that... It's mafateh. It's opening up a certain part of the brain, a part of self, that is very much a linear oriented or mathematical oriented. Okay, now let's get back to nigan. So, what is a nigan? So, nigan is like this. Nigan expresses two fundamental ideas, almost simultaneous fundamental ideas, because on one hand we say that Bereshis Barlikim, Bereshis also is the word sheer, it's music, it's writes, that Bereshis Barlikim, the beginning I shall create the world, the song, the song there's, that there's a, there's a creation story, which means it's a beginning, and then we're moving towards, and it's a, there's, there's a destiny, there's a destination, we're moving, there's a journey to the destination. And the other hand we say, that Hashem is recreating the world every moment. Which means, there are two simultaneous things happening every single moment. Every single moment, the world is being mischadish, is being renewed at this very moment. There's a new creation every moment. That's from one perspective. That's like from the perspective of the ayin. But from the perspective of the yesh reality, the moment is the, the present moment is the effect of the past, and the present will be affected to the future. So there are two simultaneously ideas that are being held. There's the the gullus within every moment, so to speak. The gullus is the gal, which is the movement, the progress. And then the gaula of every moment is the aleph within the gal, which is the presence within the, in the, in the wave. There's the wave, which is another wave comes, another wave goes, which is progress. And then there's the, the, the essence, which is the, the nekud of Mashiach, which in every moment, the nekud of redemption in every moment, which is the depth of every single Progress is the moment, right? This moment is the redemptive moment. 
So a nigan, a nigan has these two strong emotions very soon. That's why it's a palindrome. And it works backwards and forwards. And it, it's a nigan has a beginning, has an end. It's moving towards somewhere, towards a destiny. But when you reach the end, you go back to the beginning. And therefore, a nigan never ends. It has a certain structure that never ends. So it has both a sense of opening up the left part of the brain, if you wish, the more you know, linear thinking, conventional way of thinking, the mathematical part of the brain, and also has a way to open up the right part of the brain and allows you to experience something that's transcendent. So Nigun, when you listen to a Nigun, you listen to, to, to a true expression of, and this is ultimately what Jewish music, we call Jewish music, that's founded on, 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 on a person seeped in that world. It's almost that, uh, you know, the Kotzka said that, that there's a level of, of silence, that iron, that iron becomes silent. Silent is, is, the, is, the, is the absence of the drama of the world to, to get out of this world, which is transcendent. And then there is a higher level, Davon Amalek, who's the, who's the, who's the Nimdiz Mir Yisrael, who's the great singer of Israel, is I will sing for you and I will not be silent, which means I will sing from a place of silence, which means I will move from a place of stillness. I will experience Golos from a place of Gula. I will experience Yesh, existence from a place of Ayin, and do them both simultaneously together. If you can, if you can create music at that level, that's a nigan. That's ultimately what a nigan is, to get to that place where you're opening up and both being present and both being so it has it's full of gagoyim it's full of yearning and longing which is always longing and yearning represents something that's not there yet but deep in the music if you get if you're really in, if you're really in touch with it you feel tremendous sometimes with a, a real sedition nigan certainly a song you can feel a tremendous amount of gagoyim and longing a lot of pain but there's always a redemptive part of it within the song as well as well there's a certain state that you're, you're experiencing it. So I would say that's that's more or less what more or less what music is in general and what Jewish music in particular is. Certainly Hasidic music and what a nigan is. So definitionally, just because someone's Jewish and making music, that wouldn't qualify as Jewish music. It's it's more of there. There's a redemptive quality to the music. If someone's singing from the neshama, if someone's singing from a place of real depth, you know, there's the, the parameter of knowing is. I think I think um, you can hear. You can hear whether a song has has depth, has longing, has tvekas, has connection. Or whether a song is cheap, it's just feeling. It's like some, you know, it's like just filling the the, the emptiness with sound. That's not music. Music is is a journey. It's a journey. It's it's a process, but it's also a destination, and it's a destination within the journey, and it awakens up these 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 emotions. You, you feel, person who listens to music, which which deep music, they they feel connected they feel davok they feel connected to Hashem they feel connected to their soul they feel connected to Hashem they feel connected to Torah that's what music should do you know what Alter was saying about you know Alter said about that the missing element of Tanya is music is 
you can't understand Tanya if you don't have music, but you can't have music if you don't have Tanya. It's one and the same thing. You can't, if you don't have that experience of Dveikos, then the music is just okay. It's a pleasant experience. It's like, it's a, it's, it's like, you know, you get tickled. There's no, you know, you get tickled. I don't know what that is. It's like, you know, I think I once spoke about this. The, the, the generation is called the ends. The is like the, the heel of Mashiach because people just want to be tickled. You know what tickle does? Like when, you know, you tickle someone. I don't know if you tickle someone. But tickle, tickle means like I feel good, very, very happy. I feel very good like in, in this now, but when you stop tickling me, I don't, there's no, it's no lasting experience from the tickle. It's just, it's very superficial. You're just touching me on the outside. Just, just tickle me a little bit. I just want to be a little bit inspired for the five minutes. I can cry for five minutes. Then I want to go back to my life. So you can, as a parent with a child, a young child, it's like you want to tickle them and, and let that be enough. But they always come back from Of course. That's that's the whole idea of the tickle. It's never, it's it's never enough. Tick, no tick, you're right. Tickling will never give exactly. It's a very good metaphor because yeah. when you tickle a child, the child always wants more tickle until they start crying. Because... A tickling is only feels good when you're tickling. That's what it is. So a person like closes their eyes and listens to music. Skaval, it's beautiful. But when the music stops, when, usually, when the music stops, if you're not, if you if you know, if you don't say a capital tillim or daven or learn or do milas chasadim or do something kind, okay. So it was a nice experience, and you got tickled. Okay, excellent. The nigga should create that response within us. Should create that type of response. Thank you for listening to Ralph Pinson's podcast. To submit questions or to sponsor a future episode, please email ralphpinsonpodcast at gmail.com. The link is in the description below.